Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor Kay. Thank you so much for being here today. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. And if you've been here before, thank you so much for coming back. Your support means so much. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast. Give it a like, a comment. I read them. It goes a long way. So thank you so much again. And today I have a friend, someone who I really wanted to have on the podcast for some time now. And we finally made it happen. I know you're going to get some laughs out of it. You'll learn something new. So without further ado, let me introduce Modi. That's right. Modi's been voted one of the top 10 comedians in New York City by the Hollywood Reporter. Modi is one of the comedy circuit's most sought after performers. Modi's been featured on HBO, CBS, NBC, ABC, Comedy Central, Howard Stern, E! Entertainment, the list goes on and on. And most recently, you've been seeing him trending on your social media feeds because he's been developing these incredible bits and characters that we actually go ahead and delve into and learn about how he developed them, his process. But most importantly, we learn about the man behind the laughs. And believe me, he's a real mensch. And I had a blast interviewing him, conversing with him, and getting to know Modi on a deeper level. So be sure to relax, enjoy this incredible podcast with the one and only Modi. And here's Modi. Modi. Here's Modi. That's it. How are you? Good to have you, man. Good to have you on the podcast. Good to see you. Good to How see you, you in all your forum. Look at you with all your. Is that are you in your are you in your place right now? Or where 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 am I? Where am I talking to you from? <laughs> uh, for those who are listening, and I am literally behind me. It's uh, I'm sitting in a in an old type of uh, library in my grandparents' house. This is where I'm going live right now, Brooklyn, New York. Cute, uh, very cute. Yeah, Where's your grandparents' it, house? In Crown Heights, Brooklyn, New York. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a bunch of farm in the background, but nice picture of the Rebbe as well. You know, we're set. There we're ready you go. to go. We're ready to go. Um, yes. But <laughs> so, Modi, talk to me. What um, What's a joke right now that's uh, that's getting you excited? Is there something that you're working on or something that you heard recently that, you know, they say before I talk about... Talking about getting talking about right now I'm in the in this in the presence of many many sfarim especially gemaras and you know and gemara talks about how to warm up a crowd once should open up with a joke. Can so, I tell you uh, something? Can I tell you something for for real? So we recently I, I, I let people understand that right away this is going to be they understand that you're interviewing a crazy person. <laughs> we we this week we we took the the, the guest bed with a full blown with. Uh, a queen size bed, like a, it was with two tables at the end, like as if guests were coming nonstop. We once a year somebody comes to visit, and it's usually one person. So we made it into a um, into an office and a studio and the whole thing. And all my forum were in there. I have a set of Gemara. I have a set of uh, all the sets of stuff. Some Rebbe's yeah. forum. Every, and I took them out. To make you know to to figure out uh, how to put everything back together, and I didn't put them down nicely. Mm. I didn't. I put them down, but not with the respects for them deserve. And then some crazy smell came out of the apartment. I don't know what it was. In one area of the apartment, there was this scent, and I I thought maybe at first the housekeeper spilled some. This, she cleans with vinegar and whatever, and I thought maybe that was. I couldn't figure it out, and then I'm just like. I was showering. I was like, what is that horrible smell? And then I, I went and I fixed all the sperm nice and it went away. 
<laughs> I'm not making. I don't know if you, I could be crazy. Whatever. That, that's let's let's start let's start this podcast with your interviewing <laughs> a complete nut job. Now now we could from here anything else sounds normal. From here anything else sounds normal. We're setting I swear the to God that happened. Do you believe in stuff like that? Or do you really hundred percent? Do you you don't? <laughs> you don't? I think it's uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's it's. I hear it. It, it comes. I'm thinking while while I work on my letting go of my Jewish guilt that the all the uh, different uh, you know things around what uh, if I do this that way or that way this way. I don't know. It's it's fading, but I hear that. I definitely do. You have to make sure that all his farm are right side up. I mean, that's something that does bug me out. If I'm walking by his farm shop and I see that there's a one safer upside down, I always I always change it over. I always I got to. I can't. Otherwise, yeah, I, it's yeah, impossible. Always, I can't. Always, I'm gonna always, have a terrible always. day otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Then no, I'm not gonna have a terrible day, but it's an opportunity. You, you don't want to miss the opportunity to to give respect oh. to the forum. You're not gonna have a terrible day, but you had an opportunity to do. You know, when people, when I find, when I see a penny on the street. I, I, I run to it and pick it up. No matter whatever filth it's in, it's God letting you know, it's coming, I'm sending you some money. Here's, here's a little sign, I'm sending you some money. You don't walk by and, you know. You know. That's, that's true. That's very true. Did you grow up in a, in a, in a very religious home? I know mean, you're from Israel. You moved traditional, to the Traditional States. Israeli home where you have the basis to, to do whatever you want from there. So that's so, basically, yeah. <laughs> and from there, you just went on and decided, like, did you go to your own yeshiva, your own process? Like, what was your, what's your relationship like with, with God now than it was with growing up? My relationship with God now is, um, wow. My relationship with God is understanding what God is, is, is most, the most important thing. It's knowing that it's not some guy with a white beard up in heaven. You did good, you did bad, you get this, you get that. It's an energy. It's, it's me and you. Right, right now, me and you are God. Right now, this interview, you and me becoming one person to do this one podcast, that's God. That's my relationship with God. Wow. That's, 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 echad, that's a- Hashem Echad, not, not, not Yesh Echad Hashem, it's Hashem Echad. There's, God is one. So it's oneness. It's oneness. Oneness. Mm. That's, so practi- that's- on a practically basis, though, how does that show up? Like, and how does that affect your, your work, your, your life? No, you walk on stage, this audience, and you become one. You are now that now the thing becomes godly. Now the show becomes godly. That's that's the that's the relationship. No, no matter the the type of jokes that you may say, it's still a spiritual experience. Yes, a hundred percent. No, what, what, what type of jokes I'm saying? I'm saying if it's a little, you know, let's say not kosher. It's about let's say a joke about. When did up. you ever hear me do a non-kosher joke? When did you ever? What, what, it's so funny. I talk about this in my act. I mean. People give me the keep a clean speech, but I, 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 my show when it's not for a Jewish audience is not some filth bomb. It's always clean. <laughs> it's always, it's always a shyach to whatever. It's always connected to whatever the, uh, you know, the theme and, my, and the, sure. the name of my tour is know your audience. So, you know, you look out there, you see Rabbanim, you see a Chabad guy that brought a few of his members for, you know, I was in, um, I was in, I just did shows in Skokie and in Fort Lauderdale and in Long Island. And there's always the Chabad guy. I took a few of his friends and showed up. And you see him there sitting in one corner. We're going to do filthy material. Not, not, not that I even have filthy material to do. Of but, course not. No, I'm talking about like a, like a night because you are diverse. And you have, like I say, a night in the comedy cellar. You know, you're doing right. some laugh factory. Recently, I heard, you heard you know, the joke around the astrology, the signs about, you know, when you're picking up girls. Hilarious. Very funny. You're yeah, right. But I but keep call, in I mind where that joke was. That joke, that, 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 that's a video of me doing a show in front of 2,000 people in Montreal Comedy Festival. 
Hilarious. Where half the room is not Jewish and half the room is, I mean, more I say half, the room, it's not a Jewish it's Jew- not. audience. For sure. It for was sure, the sure. Montreal Comedy Festival Gala. And you have to give them, I'm not going to do a, a, a joke about Gemaras. I'm going to do a joke about, you know, dating and astrology and they, they, something that everybody can get. Where do you live? Where, where, where do you live? Do you live in Crown I'm, Heights? I'm in Crown. No, I bounce between Brooklyn and Los Angeles and and, and Brooklyn. So I'm like between okay. doing the doing the thing. So it's uh, home. home I'm going to be um October. Um, no, um, you're gonna be a Laugh Factory coming December eighth at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, I'd love to see you there. Amazing. I was just okay. in L. A. L. A. Has a vibe. It's not a New York vibe, but it's a different vibe. But L. A. Has a vibe. <sighs> It does. A you lot know, of people say, oh, it's not, they nothing like to New, New York, York right away. Nothing like New York. Everybody goes to that. But the fact is, LA has an incredible energy, especially with like, yeah, there's a lot of creativity, a lot of arts, a lot of people hungry to create something and a lot of collaboration. So I, I, I'm loving it. I really am. It's, it's awesome. But what's really cool about you, Modi, is that you have a spectrum, right? You are able to like connect with the Reformed Jew and to all the way to the Orthodox Jew, the Chabad person, the Hasidic. But then also you're able to jump out and entertain thousands of people on a Montreal stage. You're like have this chameleon type like you know personality. You're able to adapt yourself in, in in scenarios. And I wonder, like, where did you realize you have this capability, this superpower? And like, what what did you realize? Like, hey, this is something that I can do. Um, it, it builds. You know, I, I I've been doing this for over twenty. Um, wow, over way over twenty uh, years. And so you you learn. You know, I um. From the beginning, when I started to do Jewish shows and regular shows, and you know, I remember I one time had on my calendar. I'll never forget this. I did a show at a comedy seller show. I had a synagogue show. I had like a Bonnet Oilam show, and then I did BET the, oh my God. A, in one week. In one <laughs> week, all network. of the whole the whole uh, spectrum of of everything was in one week. I, I'll never forget. And a, and a corporate gig, like some kind of a wow. you know a Every, holiday party or something. In one week, yeah. It's, uh, it's again, know your audience. Look, you, to get up there and be able to assess what you're working in front of is just so, it's so important. So what kind of research do you do? What goes into prep? You know, when someone's close to your call, you want, they want to hire you for something. What, what kind of questions are you asking to like really define and to, to tailor the show to those people? What are you looking um, at for? What are some of those buzzwords? Buzzword, not, not buzzwords. You, you, if it's a corporate event, if it's a, um, for example... Uh, I in a comedy club. If I'm there before me and I see that the host is speaking to the audience and uh, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? So now I have that in the back of my head. So you can kind of craft that into your material. You don't make a whole thing. Oh, you're from New Jersey, New Jersey, blah, 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 blah. but you know you could just throw like in New Jersey and like mm. and people love when it's personalized. I did. A, right. I just did a corporate event for. What, I do a lot of these like for the, the, the healthcare agencies, you know, where it's all Hasidic owned. So you have right. in the audience, you have the, the tables that are Hasidic tables. And then you have the tables that are Asian, Puerto Rican, Latino, black, everything else mixed in. And you have to do a show for that. So you, first of all, whatever happens before you go on, like they have their awards and they have their mm. honoring the best employee of the month. And you go off of that. That's the best. 
doesn't get so there's, a, there's an element no. of which you're already coming with your jokes, but then you're also picking up on all these nuances or these specifics. You're able to. I could walk on. into the room, get on stage, deliver a show, and be done. But when you get that extra information of what's happened there, you do a synagogue, you find out who the president is, and you find out why did this and what little little things that happen in Kiddush and the back row is always talking and the this row, and they love it when you can put that into the into the act. Yeah. It personalizes the show. Yeah. Do you still get nervous before going up on stage? Does it depend the crowd? Uh, the size? No, I don't get nervous. The only part I get nervous about is uh, if it's set up right. You know, you need to, there's to be sound and lighting uh, and no food and no food. And, you know, you can't, we're going to serve dinner and put you on. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> so when, when you're not working in a theater or a comedy club, you have the elements that could, that could interfere with the show. That's the only nerves I ever have. Otherwise, I'm not nervous for an audience. Which is incredible to think about because the biggest fear everybody has, like it's facts, right? That is, and for me especially, is, is to, make, to go on stage to public speak and not just public speak, to make someone laugh. That's, that's crazy. And you're saying that you've already, you've, you've accomplished that fear. You've, you're beyond that. You're not afraid, like, what are you afraid of? Who, what is Modi afraid of if not that? Uh, like I said to you, if it's set up wrong, it, that, that's, that's, that's a big fat fear right there. Yeah. I gave you my fear. Yeah. If it's set up wrong. You have to understand, someone's coming to a comedy club, they see it. Someone's coming to a comedy club. Someone sees me in a theater, right? I just, someone saw me at the, in um, Fort Lauderdale, and they want to do a show in their house. Now, it's a different show. You just saw me in front of 500 people in a stage with theater and lighting and all that. Now you want this in your living room. Mm. Granted, it's a massive living room with 100 people in it that they're going to bring in for this fundraiser or whatever it is, but it's not the same energy. So you have to also let them know it's a different type of show, and we cannot have food being served while the comedy is going on, and you can't, and it's that kind of stuff. Mm. Those are what... Um, what is the most awkward uh, gig you've done? What's one thing that's like you just... Uh. So many, so, so many. Um, I've had, uh, obviously when it's charities and it's diseases and that kind of uh -huh. stuff, and I talk about it in my show, you know, when we do a fundraiser for, for some organization that does amazing work, but before they do, you have to hear what they, before the comedy starts, yeah. you know, you go through I'm, the, the uh, videos this Thursday, I'm the hosting Oh Hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, I'm hosting Oh Hell's big, uh, big gala. And so in between videos and speakers, I'm, I have to interject something to lighten it up a little bit. So it's other comedians for them. It's super awkward. Yeah. It's super awkward. Let me tell you to ask, tell another comedian that you're going to be doing a show that the men are on one side, the women are on the other, and there's a wall down the middle. Don't look in the women's section. Go, spend, <laughs> go tell any other comic that that's, that's what they have to do. Explain yeah. that, you know, but for me, it's not awkward anymore. It's not awkward anymore. It really takes a lot to blow me away now. Today, people are listening in. They know you as Modi, the comedian, and you've been around the block, man, when it comes to the dinners and when it comes to the fundraisers, to the, to the comedy sellers. But beforehand, you were, you were an investment baker, and, uh, which I think many people would find that shocking. And the way it goes on your website, from ModiLive.com, Modi worked as an investment baker and has no plans to become a stand-up comedian until one open mic night changed everything. What happened that night that changed everything? Uh, I did. I know I used to imitate the secretaries. I used to imitate the people I worked with. And my friends said, this is really funny, you know. And when you're doing it at dinner, 
it's it's called a table comic. You're a table comic. Now, can being a table comic transfer to being a stage comic? That's a different story. And they said, try it. And um, they organized it, and they got me that night at um, Stand Up in New York. Is actually I was on 78th and Broadway. It was my first time, and I went up there and I did the imitations, and I did, and I had a flow. And you know, what was weird was I didn't really care. I wasn't like I wasn't I wasn't planning on leaving uh, banking and going into this, and so it was it was a fun night, and it felt very good. And um, the owner of the club said, "You you definitely have something. You should stay with it." And um, and wow. that was that night. That yeah, that was so you went to just for like just for fun, and you you were good at it, and then you just kept going back. Like you were still a banker, and you just you started picking up this hobby, started writing jokes, being a little more. I stayed banking and comedy for about five years together. So I was um, doing shows at night. On the weekends, I would do road gigs. And um, and whenever I had a vacation days or days off or sick days, I would book shows around that. And then in 99, I went full-blown comedy with no uh, banking and anything like that. So... I went wow. on tour with Neil Sedaka, actually. It was, it was funny. And then that was it. And, uh, and that, that was the plunge. But for many years, I worked both jobs together. I was, the, I was the only comic that was performing in a suit. You know, I was coming from the, from the bank to the, to, the, to comedy the comedy club in a suit, tie. Back then, you wore a suit and tie when you were in banking. Now, you wore with khakis and yeah, t-shirt. Casual, casual caca, you, you know, whatever they have today. <laughs> was it a leap of faith? Or was it like, it just made sense. The numbers made sense. You were just booking gigs and it's like, this is, this is where it's at. The, there was a leap of faith involved in it. Um, the numbers were okay. The numbers were, you know, I've realized I need to, it's one or the other um, at this point. It was getting too big. I mean, you know, turning down jobs that you wanted to do because you couldn't do it. And, um, and it was, uh, it was absolutely amazing as in, a, in a Hashem helped me, you know, um, the bank had to do i kept asking to 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 quit and they they said no we'll give you this position where you can get more uh time for your comedy and and oh, wow. i i ran the house accounts instead of uh a different it, it was a whole thing and then at the end they had to do eight or seven layoffs and they gave me one of the layoff packages so i saved somebody else's job and got a little whatever the package was to to leave, and it was uh, it helped you know get you going. Hashem, Hashem, Hashem lets you know what, what the right path is. Was there somebody along the way when you were transitioning to comedy that you like leaned on as a mentor or was an inspiration to you? I wish I was. I wish I had. Um, I, I didn't. I was doing it all alone, and um, I, I mean, if you mean comedy writing wise. Uh, the old comedians is the is the ones I always looked at, and um, which ones? Uh, Alan King. Did you, ever, did you ever hear of Alan King? No, no. It's a good. It, you have a good afternoon if you want. Uh, Google Alan King, and you'll have uh, watch his stuff. Very very funny and very much the cadence I like for comedy. And um, but mentor wise, I really. I, I should have probably had somebody, but I didn't. I was very on my own. Um, mm. Yeah. So, wow. whether was there a time where things got really challenging throughout your career, and like you were thinking about perhaps giving it up, going back to banking, doing something else? No. And- 
No, no never? never. I never, never. This is it, right? It's, in, it's all such the way. A, it's so obvious that this is what I need to be doing, and it's very obvious. And um, never, even when the numbers weren't good, and uh, there was when I lived in LA for three years. I lived in LA for three years. That's when you really want to throw everything away. That really <laughs> could suck the air out of your life. Um, so <laughs> I lived there. The I got through that. Yeah, you could. Yeah, no, no, no. But you're you're always positive, and you're always. I don't mean. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're on. You're definitely on something. And what is what is your? How are you so so uh, energetic and happy? And um and it's it's amazing. It's a it's a gift. That that in itself is a gift. And to try to put that into other people. That's. I mean, I think that's what you try to do, right? I try to do that's With whatever project you, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how well the comedian I'll do, but we all have our strengths, and you and you bring you bring the gold to people, and you make them laugh, and that's the biggest currency that you can do, and it's it's priceless, truly. So it's and you're and you're good at it, man, and you're so good at it. Um, but but that being said, like if there was a comedian that is like you who said, "Hey, Modi, man, that was a solid set. That was a great special." Who would you want to hear that from? Which who, which comedian? Oh yeah, it's nice to hear that from like uh, from comics you look up. I I never forget, you know. Um, uh, Nick DiPaolo, very, very funny. One of the funniest people doing comedy. He's very uh, Republican now. He's very he. That's the angle he went for. He's Republican and all that, but mm. very writes jokes and fast, like you know. We used to tour together with this group of guys from the Howard Stern show, and um, he was just so fast and so fast. And one time at one of these comedy festivals, I had an amazing set, and he called me and said, I want to tell you, it was really on. You were really good. And he just doesn't, doesn't give compliments, and it was very nice. David Tell, when he says, I enjoyed this joke, I appreciate it from him. Um, mm. uh, I don't know. Um, you know, comics always get good set, good set. You had a good set, you had a good set. So it's, right. you know. Wow. It, wow. And, when, and Luckily, when you, luckily, I can tell myself once in a while that was a good set. So that's important too. But that's a question to you. Like when you're, because you have the material, you of course, there's some improv that goes along on every show, but like you're saying, let's say similar jokes. At, what makes a good set a good set? If you're sort of saying the same script in a different place like how what's the it's energy an energy like? of the room it's the energy of the room it's what the audience is going through it's it's a different vibe completely i just did the show in, in skokie everybody was in a mask it's mm. a different energy so i have to keep my head going up and imagine that there's smiles going on there um you know it's uh a, sure, a, every room every room is is a different especially when you're not working venues that are meant for comedy that's that's the challenge that, that's the biggest challenge you're hiring a comic to, to perform not in a comedy setting. So that's, you know, so it's not going to be the same show. And it's not going to be a video you saw. If you saw me do something on video and you're seeing it live, it's a different, a different performance. It's a different, you know. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you, right. That's, that's very true. That's, that's, a, that's a good disclaimer to put out there. Um, was there like a family member growing up, like a, a fun uncle, the mom and dad? Like, where do you get your comedy side from? Who did you grow up around that instilled that within you? My father is, uh, has no editing, uh, has no filters. Whatever he thinks just comes right out. And usually it's very funny. And I try to put a little bit of that in. And I had an uncle that can really, 
haltish. He can really hold the table and, and be funny and that, but that's basically it. But there was no performers in our family. There was no entertainers, comedians, singers, none of that. So it was just, was there support? Was there support? Like when you told your parents, yo, I'm leaving banking to go to comedy or was that something that they were behind? I mean, you're already a grown man. Yeah, by, then. by that point, I was already doing fine and it wasn't like I'm asking for money or living in a, with 18 guys in a basement. Who's going to date a bank? If they date a bank, who's going to date a con, con, comedian? I'm sure there, no, was there I some- I don't know uh, why you think that's what my parents sound like, but um, <laughs> no, they were very positive and- <laughs> Probably the I, worst imitation I, of what my parents could sound I like. Have one um, accent for all all people. Above I don't know 40. where you. Oh, that's your that's your go to accent. That's, that's every that's every person in the world. That's, that's your one to accent. That wasn't yeah, a skew yeah. to your parents. That was just everybody. That's that's my impressions. That's hence why Good. I'm in what okay. I do. That's your that's your one. Stay in my lane. Stay in my lane, there. Stay. I get it. I get what you're saying. I get it. Uh, but yeah, no, no, I hear that. Um, they were there supporting you. They, they, yeah, they always loved it. They always, my mom was very proud every time she sees me on TV or comes to, if a show fits for her to come to, she comes to. Um, and they, they, they love it. They, 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 their friends look, come to see, they, they, they very much enjoy and support and are very happy that that's the path I took. Was yeah. comedy a way for you to like, you know, survive your, your childhood years? Was it like a way of, you know, is it something that you? No, that, you have to understand. I never. I wasn't a fan of stand-up comedy. I wasn't. We used to go see Jackie Mason. That would, but I never even thought of him as stand-up comedy. You know, we, we. Uh, I didn't have an awful childhood. I had a great childhood, and I, I didn't need comedy to to survive it. Uh, comedy just happened later on. I when I walked into that comedy club the first time in my life that to do a show was the first time I walked into a comedy club. That was the first I never time been to a comedy to club before. Yeah, I never, never thought of going to a comedy. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Twenty four, uh, twenty three, twenty four. Yeah. So your life changed from that that from that time. So it's like twenty four. You know, you're on your trajectory for life, and like, boom, something else came into your life and it yeah. took you on a whole another whole another road. That's very very cool. Absolutely. If, if you know, there's these days with social media, TikTok, Instagram. There is a lot more availability for people to come out and to show the case their their comedy, their artwork. A lot of a hundred percent. Is there a um, are there some tips that you can share to people? Or how is there something that you wish you had? Is there a, what's like the pros and cons? Do you feel like someone who's been around before this era and now has that era and you're thriving in it? Do you what's the pros and cons in that? And also, what tips would you give to somebody who's who's in this space now? Um, asking for a friend. I, I, uh, I, I, so look, when the pandemic began, I had a schedule, I had a, I had a year booked out. I had shows all the whole year. I had shows and, um, <clears throat> canceled, boom, done. Uh, like in, two, in a, the span of two days, it wasn't like a week, over a week. Everybody just called, we're canceling, we're moving dates, let's book it for next year, let's book it for whatever. And then you're home. And I wasn't a big guy on social media. You know, I wasn't, um, I was doing shows that the organization booked 500, 800 people, but the organization booked it. Um, and then I had my Christmas show and my, my, you know, oh, my, uh, my, my, my December 25th show. And so I would, um, that was just by word of mouth, people knew. 
And then I began doing the videos and began doing shows on Instagram. And I was home, locked at home with a studio and with, that I built. And we did all this stuff. And then it began, you, you made a name for yourself without television. So, you know, comedians and performers, and you have to find what, what works for you on, um, on, uh, on social media, you know? Hmm. I, I, I don't det- I've just got very lucky with two characters and to be able to do shows and to have uh, a pre- you know and I, I I I keep an eye on it you know and I think and I always think of what's the audience is experience like whenever stuff happens in Israel bombings and all that stuff everybody right away b- b- showing you videos of of bombs landing in in living rooms and and they hate us and this is what this one said and I never did that. I never did. Yes, my heart's dying for Israel. My, I feel horrible what's going on. But when people land on my page, they don't need to be re- reminded of that. They don't need mm-hmm. to be, you know, I put the blue, so, the blue square up, but I didn't put videos nonstop. Comedians were putting videos of, of rockets landing in living rooms. Your page has to be what you want to give to the audience. So my, I, I want when they're going through their day, they land on my page, they're going to have a laugh, a quick mm-hmm. laugh. I don't need them to think about something, you know, extra. Do you know that they said this and Iran wants to do that and they're going to do that and this BB said this and Trump said that? That's not what they're landing on my page for. They're not, they can land on Fox or CNN or whatever works for you. And then, but when you get to my page, oh, a quick laugh, I'll pass this on to somebody else, and we're there. That's one of the big things I would, you know, stay consistent to what your, what your goal is with your social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in that development, you're talking about, I guess, referring to, to Yerli and to, uh, and to Nir, not far. Two characters that you developed during uh, right. the lockdown. Massive. Game changers there. Are, there. are you working on something new now, a new character in development? Uh, I'm I'm focusing on getting these guys more, uh, you know, on the at the shows I've been doing on the tour, on the Know Your Audience tour. <clears throat> Yerli's been opening the show, so Yerli mm-hmm. comes on, and um, and he does crowd work, and he hands out the yarmulkes with the with the logo on it, and um, and he does some material. The whole thing's twelve mi- minutes max of Yerli before I come on. And so he is a few material he does. He reviews a television show and he, uh, and he talks to the audience very yearly style and goes back off and he come, then I come back on and, <clears throat> and that's great. And, um, and so I want to focus on these guys a little bit more before doing other characters. Fair you enough. Know? Yeah. 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 There's, there's so, there's, there are still worlds to discover and to, and to develop. I'm sure. The, what is, so what is the creative process like for you then when it comes to like, are you there with a notebook writing down one-liners when you're walking down the street? Do you sit down and just write this, I'm writing the next hour for material? How, what, how do you creatively put together jokes and new material before you, you know, you, enter, you want to try like a new show? Um, <clears throat> yeah, how does the mind and body a, work? I'm not a uh, sit down and let's write a joke guy. Things happen throughout the day where I, um, where I, uh, something hits me, a, a line, or I say something, I get a laugh from somebody. And so I'll, I'll, text it, I'll text it to myself, and then I'll go over it, everything I've texted throughout the day and see what works and where this can fit, if this is a real premise to build something off of, and, and then try it on stage. 
<clears throat> luckily I have stage time you know, to, to, to work the stuff out. When you live in LA, there's barely, you know, there's like three clubs and there's, so you don't really have that much where to work your material out. But when you live in New York, right. you, 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 there's clubs, there's, there's places to, 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 to do it at. And in all the comics, that's how they work. What I find inspiring is that there seems like to be like when you, there's like a certain stutter when you speak, right? There's so many, uh, a, a speech impediment of some sort. Um, and like, I find like you, by speaking, you, you're able to, you, like you face it and you show up in it and you, um, and it doesn't really show up when you're, when you're, um, when you're doing the comedy. It's, it's, it's I think it's, it's quite amazing. Was that something that you considered or, or, um, or did that like scare you when going into something like this? Not really. I have a stutter on a few letters, a few letters that sometimes get stuck coming out of my mouth. Um, used to be a lot worse. Uh, I always worked, work, um, I work it out, you know, I make it look like it's just making me emotional. That, that's what the stutter is, you know, not right. like, no, you bring it in. Yeah, you work it into the you work it into the routine. It. Um, when you're on stage, it doesn't come out because A, there's adrenaline in you and B, you know what needs to be said and you're not getting stuck on the words. And um, like P's, L's and M's, I get stuck on. So I'll never do a word like... Um, What's your name? I, I, I don't usually go Modi. People go, what's your name? I go, my name is Modi. So, you know, you get a, a little run in a there. Little, a little trick. A little, a little bit something before the, right, you know. Wow. And that's, and that's something you yeah. just learn from time. I, growing up, I couldn't say the R's properly. And my name is Mayor. So I used to always go to, I would say Mayo for, to like later in my years till I finally got through to that. But like for that, I mean, again, it's just another testament to like, I think, obviously bravery and courage to like have that and yet to learn a way to navigate it in this, in a world where all you do is speak Um, where perhaps others would, you know, shy away from it. Oh, it's something that I, you know, don't feel comfortable with, but rather to jump in and to, and to do that. It's it's, 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 it's a part of me. It's a part of, it's a a part of Modi is that he stutters that that's what it is. It's not like, you know, I'm going to take classes to learn it. I mean, obviously we take classes if it's really getting in the way, but I don't, you know, no, when, when, I, when I first started doing, I had a, I was doing acting classes and all that. Do you want to learn how to lose your accent? Do you want to learn how to do that? Do you want to be able to speak? And I'm, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not. No, I don't want to learn any of that stuff. You got your mind. You know, isn't that what are they going to cast me as some guy in some movie? No, whatever they're casting me in is going to be something that looks like this and sounds like this. Right, so I'm not going right. to come up there, you know, for the crown. You know, I'm not doing. <laughs> fair enough fair enough this is who you are and it happens to be you've landed some really cool roles <clears throat> but it's always yeah. in the spectrum of uh of like the jewish guy or the co- the comedian yes 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 it's sort of you i was it's just telling i was telling a friend of mine i used to get auditions for like the young rabbi in the community they now i'm just the rabbi now i'm just not the <laughs> young rabbi now it's just the rabbi in the community <laughs> It's so funny. You've grown, so you've the grown. young, the young new rabbi that breathes life into the da 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 da. The, and I can't uh, tell you how many scripts I get that are so anti-Jewish and self-hating. Really? Oh, it's awful. Hey, What's I wrote up? this movie about this rabbi that abuses these kids and this this guy that beats the wife and this. I go, wow. don't send it to me. Don't send that to me. Don't 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 just don't don't send that to me. I don't know. That's all people writing that stuff all day long because they, they, they know it works. They know it. it right. Netflix will put it on. It, this was, you know, it's, it gives, it has that, that, 
that paradox like and right where to that. the whole character of Yoli came out of just how fun are Hasidic people how entertaining yeah. are they how funny are they how do they think it's so amazing you know the whole uh, it, it, the character came out when I don't know if you remember I mean since the vaccine everybody forgot 2020 um oh that's a whole probably thing for your audience too half of your audience is doesn't um <laughs> <laughs> but we could go. You there. forgot. Could go there. I don't know yeah. if you remember the beginning of the pandemic. The Hasidim. First of all, that that movie came out unorthodox. So right yeah. away, here it is abuse, and they beat the wives, and they don't have sex right, and they don't do whatever they do right. And then you see on the news the Hasidim are going to school, they're going to synagogues, they're not quarantining, they're not this and adding, and the, and then that, I said, no, it's not, I live, let's have fun with the Hasidic character, and that's how that came about. It wasn't, you know, it was. Because I don't want to, there's, there's good and bad in every community. Yes, there's abuse, and then there's also good times. And, and in every community, Christian, Catholic, Muslim, there's all of that, you know, so. Mm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. And I mean, do you think people assume that you're more of a uh, of a, a a Jew that's not so proud? I mean, you're very proud of being Jewish. It's You don't 100%, hide the fact. Yes, no. Um, that's, I wear it well. You do, you do, you yeah, do. And, yeah, yeah. So, and one last thing before we start wrapping up, I did want to, I found it to be fascinating. I didn't know this about you is that when you went to college, you, you went to, you got psychology, you went to for psychology and then you minored in voice. And uh, some oh, yeah. people may not know that you, uh, that you have a chazanist background to you. You've been actually, you, you were a chazan for some time. I is wasn't, that- I, it was uh, always a hobby. I, I had a voice training uh, up in BU. Um, I had a minor, so I took a minor with a voice and all of that. And um, what drew you towards that? Was that, what, I don't know. What- I, I, it was, uh, you know what it was? I used to dive in for the Ahmed and I was like enjoying it. And I said, let me, how do I do this? So I, I don't have, so I have a voice at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. I learned how to sing properly, and I took one class, and the elective was good, and so I took another one, and then I was like, oh, you know, you're five credits away from a, a minor, so I go, let's take another. I took the theory class and took the whatever class, and then and then I got a scholarship to the Bell School of Music uh, with Cantor Beer and Malavani, so that was fun, and that was amazing, and that was, wow, I had so much fun. It's fun because I had no plans on being a singer. It was just do it to learn it. Like, you know, when you take a cooking class and you, 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 you don't want to be a chef, but you're enjoying it. Wow, really? That's how you do it? You use this type of a spoon instead of that type of a spoon? Wow, you know? It takes the pressure out of the learning process. A hundred percent. It takes the pressure out. Go have fun. Do your thing. Similar to and your comedy, right? That first time you went, it wasn't about exactly. comedy. A hundred percent. I know. Yeah. If you told me that you're going to be a stand comedian the rest of your life, I would have looked like you are out of your mind out of your mind and um and so it's it's the same thing so so with the singing i just every once in a while i i you know i I, in my shul i used to do the conidre services until quarantine and now 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 they hired a guy that's i I couldn't be happier sitting there listening i could not be happier (laughs) but it's um um, I had all these these things, and uh, I do weddings once in a while, and which is really funny. Nice. You yeah. know, um, yeah. I again as a hobby and as uh, as fun, and not as something that's serious. And you know, and if totally. a note is off, it's okay because I don't. You know, <laughs> I didn't. You you hired mo- you hired a comedian to Marty. do your thing. You didn't hire Healthcott. You understand? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you so it's fun. It's fun. And it's, it's a cool party too, but it seems like it's, and it's so cool to sometimes look back in life and to see the, how the dots connect. Like you went to, 
you went to voice, you already had a certain like level of like allure to performance perhaps or to entertain and to learn the skill set of voice and how to use that. I'm sure there's you know, some overlap into like comedy and using that voice in some ways. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just, it seems like there's like, you're sort of guided down this path where everything that all the different skill sets that you learn through life come together beautifully as we, as we just grow and blossom and, 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 and psychology too. I mean, I find the comedians to be the most the smartest guys who just know human behavior. They have an eye for it. They have an insight to it. That's why it's so funny. Airplanes, you know, Jerry's going on for about oh, airplanes. We all well, can relate. Again, airplanes. Why? Because everybody experiences the same experience in the airplane. So yeah. a guy in an Orthodox shul experiences something that a guy in a reform shul doesn't. So you, again, know your audience. So something yeah. general. We all had bar mitzvahs. Okay. So that's okay. There you go. We've all been approached by the guy to put on tefillin. Okay. Now, so now here's what we've all experienced together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The reform guy did not experience going to Dafyomi class. Okay. He didn't. He didn't. He has Rabbi Sharon and what Rabbi Sharon said in this and that. And you, and you, and you just build off of that again. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and connect the dots is it's a hundred percent. And you know, I once heard that the um someone gave me the definition of um mikre, mikre. You know what mikre is? Be mikre, by chance. Mm. Be mikre. You never heard this expression? No. Be mikre aiti babait ve migil. by chance I was home and they showed up. Uh-huh. Be mikre. That is Apicorsum. That is a hundred percent. Because the definition of being not religious and studying is not apicorsum. Believing that there is something called uh, coincidence. Yeah. That's that's when you really don't believe in God. Everybody you meet, everybody you you do. The fact that your that your internet was so horrible today that was it's for a reason. It was for a reason. <laughs> but all of a sudden, now that we get into this Hasidic little philosophy, uh, now your internet's working. It's working. It's so now it's working. Right now. Yeah. I want to tell you something about you. I, 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 I follow you on Instagram, but I don't really go into Instagram and, and get into people's things because I don't care where you're eating and I don't care where people are, are having their, 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 their pasta dishes <laughs> totally, and, totally. and cooking sourdough sure. bread. But what, I remember one time I was watching one of your things and you had this hug station yes yeah 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 hugging giving hugs for people to stand up for peace to, as a jew yeah as a jew yeah it was very 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 amazing i think that's uh sometimes you know after a show i try to meet the audience i try to to see them in the, and you can tell some people some people need a hug mm. they 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 need it and um you know i love to go dancing in brooklyn i love djs and electric music and um and since it opened up again um, since uh, COVID, you can see people just like just <sighs> listening, dancing, and then just turn to each other and just hug. It's just uh, beautiful. It's a very, it's a very, very it's powerful. It's very powerful. Very, very, very powerful. Wow, I love that. Yeah. Well, we should go out dancing sometime. I love to dance too. A little, maybe a little daybreaker, early morning dance party, or something. I like night. The- I like night in a in a warehouse in Brooklyn. <laughs> that's my. That's I don't. I don't do day parties. I don't do very like specific. There's, there's a bar and a bathroom. I I need both of those. Not uh not 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 a square plastic thing to go to the bathroom. I need. I'm very particular about where I dance and where uh-huh. I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> awesome well i look i look forward to that I lo- that'll be fun that'll be fun okay yo so to wrap things up modi thank you so much uh how can people connect with you uh 
They can connect with me uh, by modilive.com, M-O-D-I-L-I-V-E.com, or on Instagram, at modi underscore live.com. And please, uh, contact and let me know, and, and we'll figure a way to get... Mayor, some money for a better internet situation, and uh, and we'll it will you know we'll help each other. Oh, I had a lot man. of fun. You were very very good. Good questions. There was a lot of fun today. Thank you. I appreciate it. I do apologize for the internet connection, um, but it usually good. is stronger. It's and thanks for making the time. You're very funny. You're very personable, and uh, you're just a good guy. So thank you, and so are you. to you, man. Hatzlacha. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast episode. Thank you, Modi, for making the time to hop on the podcast, for the laughs, for the smiles, for all that you do to bring so much joy and simple to this world. Thank you so much, my man. And hey, if you haven't yet, give this podcast a like, subscribe, reach out to me on social media. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm always putting out new content, whether it's through podcasts, video content, all those great things just to make this world a little bit brighter. So until next time, like I always say, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor Kay and... Have a great day.